a happy and blessed new year. It's one time when we get ahead of the world on this. <laughs> it is the year of the Lord, 2022, beginning now. There has been a campaign over the last number of years to keep Christ in Christmas. I think we need a much stronger effort at keeping Advent, period. Advent doesn't exist in our world. At least you have no indications of it when you get outside of this little building right now, unless you really are observing it very well in your own homes. We need to keep Advent. We need to learn from the church. This is our feast, not the world's. <laughs> it has hijacked it. It's become Christmas, Christmas, Christmas already. Did you hear any of that in our scriptures today? Nada. <laughs> not a thing. The church teaches us there's more than one coming that we're celebrating at this time. Oh, we'll get to the first coming, without a doubt. But we're still needing to put that in the proper context. And the context is there is a final coming, a second coming that's even more crucial for us to be ready for, to prepare for, to wait for, to yearn for the coming, <laughs> Advent. In a certain sense, our whole life is an Advent helpful for us to be mindful of that. Our scriptures of today help us to see these various comings that we are trying to, again, uh, understand and appreciate ever more deeply. Our first reading from Jeremiah, though brief, uh, does really help us, again, to understand about the first coming of Jesus in history. And by the way, when we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus, we're not simply celebrating his birth. We have a day for that, the nativity and an octave, but really the incarnation is the whole life of Christ, including his suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension. That's his first coming, not just his birth. And so in history, Jeremiah is already hinting and pointing, helping us again to be prepared for this one who is coming. Jesus is the only religious leader throughout the whole world whose coming was predicted. Isn't that interesting? Unique. No other. Centuries of preparation to be ready. According to the scriptures you'll hear in the New Testament over and over again, fulfillment, uh, long awaiting. Jesus then is really the temple, the law, the way, the truth, the life. He is the center of all history, not only for Israel, inserted in that history, but now in the history of the whole world. How do we know how significant that is? Very simple. When you write the date and the year, especially the year, again, we're entering into the year of our Lord, 2022. It's the year 
of our Lord. The numbering has to do with Christ. He's the center. He is the real meaning and purpose of all of our lives. And so his decisive entry, including his dying and rising, again, is what we look back at and celebrate and make present to attune ourselves to spiritually. Our second reading from 1 Thessalonians, which actually probably is one of the very first of the writings of the New Testament, again, give us a second sense of this coming, not in the Israel of old, but in the new Israel, in the church, in those who belong to Christ. And so what is that coming? Well, the way St. Paul describes it tells us, huh? He invites us, you know, to, to really welcome how God wants to increase in us love for one another and for all. This is what is pleasing to God. It makes manifest that Christ is in our midst now. He's always coming. He's always present. There's no surprise anymore, if you will. And so it's the right now coming that we celebrate to recognize that the Holy Spirit uh, in the midst of the church is inviting us to let Christ dwell in us more and more. One of the clarion scriptures that we'll also reflect on is in Revelation, how Christ is knocking on the door of our minds and hearts, wanting to enter, to be born in us each day. And love is a, that sign that we are indeed the mystical body of Christ. We are the presence of Christ. And how does that be manifest? Well, especially in the Eucharist, when we gather we look around, if you will, and we see Christ present in and through us. Uh, we see it in all of the sacraments, in the lives of the saints, again, who throughout the ages continue to reflect this. We see this in the art, the architecture, the music, the preaching, and especially the ministries of the church that reaches out to those who are in darkness and in need and are hungry again. Uh, for the fullness of the meaning of their lives. And so we continue to celebrate that Jesus really is Lord and King, and we decide, again, to let him in constantly. And then there's that other coming, the final coming, the second coming, as it's often referred to. Well, that's our gospel, <laughs> is it not? And we hear it in rather stark terms, uh, all of history, again, moving toward a culmination, an end of time. And Jesus himself says there are going to be signs, and some will be really uh, shocked. <laughs> they will uh, realize that they have, you know, not been paying attention, <laughs> that there's somebody else's Lord of their life and not them or some government or some other people, you know, that they might think are so important and influential. No, the Son of Man... <laughs> who comes on the clouds. Well, he's already come, and we know it. And so in this final coming, what does Jesus say? Hey, stand up, keep your heads erect, welcome him. <laughs> You'll be ready, <laughs> because on a daily basis, you've been waiting for him. You've been yearning for him. <laughs> it won't shock you that all the systems of the world have to fall apart, if you will, and, and recede, because they don't last. <laughs> They're not eternal. Only his kingdom. <laughs> is eternal. 
And so that fullness, again, will be evident. A new heavens, a new earth, all will be transformed. So we're in that in-between time, if you will, of the first coming, the last coming, but it's important that we are attentive and prepared and, again, not let the world persuade us to rush ahead and do all the festive things immediately and completely. No, little by little. There's only, only going to be one candle lit today. We don't do them all. You know, hold off. This is gradual. This is developmental. You know, take your time. Be patient. Learn to wait, to watch. Be on, you know, on the lookout. Um, so let us keep Advent. One of the uh, interesting suggestions that I heard, I uh, hadn't really uh, heard of this one often, but I think it's so appropriate, and it's because, again, of the busyness and the noise that is so dominant in our world, maybe one really good way to enter into Advent, if you're already doing it, to spend a little bit more time in Eucharistic adoration. If you're not used to do, doing that, to do it once a week, half hour, uh, at least a few minutes of quiet, stillness, looking, waiting, asking the Lord, okay, Lord, how do you want to come into my life now? What new way, what, what deeper way are you inviting yourself in? Help me, help me to receive and to, to welcome this. Um, I think that's a, a wonderful um, suggestion. Of course, the church will, will lead us through the scriptures. There's, a, there's an Advent journey that's well done, uh, very well designed, again, to assist us. So the daily readings of scripture is another way to keep attentive to this Advent journey. Uh, there's a little Advent booklet that has been uh, recommended already uh, that's on the back table. There's another resource that I just saw is also there, and it's simply... Um, Catholic traditions for Advent and Christmas. Talks about the wreath, talks about the, the Jesse tree. A lot of people are not familiar with that particular devotion. Take a look at it. It might be something you want to take a look at. St. Nicholas Day is coming up. That's a part of Advent um, and, again, is worthy of our time and effort. Whatever ways can really help us to attend and to enter into this season, Ask the Lord to lead and guide you so that it will be a beautiful and holy season.